0: we're going to begin a new series on today, hallelujah, I hope you're ready for it, and uh, I really believe that this series is going to be a blessing to many people, I really do, hallelujah, I believe it's going to help somebody tonight, amen. So without further ado, open up your Bibles very quickly to Second Corinthians, chapter number 1, beginning at verse number 1, Second Corinthians 1, 1. You worship real good when your glasses get all foggy. I'm looking. I can't see. A, I can't see a thing. I'm wondering if the cloud is in the room, or if it's my glasses. So I got to check. Amen, somebody. I read today in the name of the Father, the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. And the Word of the Lord says this: So, Paul, an apostle, Jesus Christ, by the will of God, and Timothy, our brother, unto the church of God, which is at Corinth, with all the saints, which are in all Achaia. Grace be to you and peace from God our Father and from the Lord Jesus Christ. Blessed be God, even the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of mercies and the God of all, hear that, all comfort. Who comforteth us in all our tribulation. hmm, That we may be able to comfort them which are in any trouble. Sometimes, the reason you go through is not even for you, but so that you can have a testimony to comfort somebody else. Watch this. By the comfort wherewith we ourselves are comforted of God. For as the sufferings of Christ abound in us, so our consolation also aboundeth by Christ. And whether we be afflicted, it is for your consolation. And salvation, did you hear that? Which is effectual in the enduring of the same sufferings which we also suffer. Or whether we be comforted, it is for your consolation and salvation. And our hope of you is steadfast, knowing that as ye are partakers of the sufferings, so shall ye be also of the consolation. For we would not, brethren, this is where I want to hang my nail. For we would not, brethren, have you ignorant of our trouble. This is the Apostle Paul talking. Which came to us in Asia that we were pressed out of measure. You don't know stress and you don't know pressure until you've experienced pressure that can't even be measured. Pressed out of measure, above strength. I had more trouble than I had power. In so much that we despaired even of life. It was so bad, we thought we were going to die. Next verse. Verse number 9. Did we skip 9? I think we skipped 9. But we had the sentence of death in ourselves that we should not trust in ourselves, but in God which raiseth the dead. Sometimes you got to deal with something bigger than you so that you don't trust in you. God, help me in here. Who delivered us from so great a death and doth deliver in whom we trust that he will yet deliver. He delivered, he delivers, and he will deliver again. No matter, no matter what, are you blessed in here? I want to talk to you for a little while under the subject, very simple, new series, Under Pressure. Under Pressure. Anybody in this place, under the sound of my voice, even right now tonight, is feeling the pressure. Feeling the pressure, amen? It could come from many different avenues. It could come from without, and watch this now. It can come from within. Amen. And we're going to try to talk about it today. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Father, in Jesus' name. We present this time before you, Lord God. We ask you now to have your way in this place. And minister to your people in a very powerful way. And we give you the glory for it now in Jesus' name. And the church said, amen. And amen. Hallelujah. You know, I'm a... Somewhat of a a sports fan, hallelujah. And in the the wide world of sports, they have this this concept that they use often, hallelujah, which is uh, uh, something uh, that has to do with the victory of winning and yet the agony of defeat. And in between that, there is what I like to call immense pressure. And even trained professionals, trained professional athletes are not exempt from pressure. And so we're talking about the apostle Paul and he's being transparent here. But I want to submit to you that just because he is trained and just because he is mature does not mean that he is exempt from pressure. And in the same way, even trained professional athletes are not exempt from pressure, neither are any of us. And I don't care how confident you think you are, you live long enough and life will bring some pressure into your life. One of the worst things you want to be labeled as if you are a professional athlete is a person who chokes under pressure nobody wants that label hallelujah but here is the reality the bigger the stage the flashier the lights hallelujah the greater the pressure it's it's just a reality you know, we like to admire the doctor who springs into action when somebody is bleeding internally and they only have moments uh, to live and, and, and they're fading really fast. And he comes in and he, he saves the day and uses his, his skill, hallelujah, to help that individual make it, hallelujah. We, we, we admire the fireman. Who runs into a blazing building and has this amazing ability to remain focused while he makes his way through the cloudy atmosphere. And finds the people in the house and brings them out to safety. As a matter of fact, the ability to handle pressure becomes a gauge for many people to separate, hallelujah, those who are extraordinary from those who are mediocre. Are you in this place, church? If anybody understood this concept, it was the Apostle Paul. If you can take me to 2 Corinthians real quickly, chapter 11 and verse 21. 2 Corinthians chapter 11 and verse 21. It's Wednesday. I got some scripture for you. Amen. Amen. 2 Corinthians chapter 11 and verse 21 hallelujah hear what it says I speak as concerning reproach as though we had been weak how be it whereinsoever any is bold I speak foolishly I am bold also listen to what he says next verse are they Hebrews so am I are they Israelites so am I are they the seed of Abraham so am I are they ministers of Christ I speak as a fool I am more In labors, more abundant. In stripes, above, what? Above measure. In other words, I've been beaten. In prison, more frequent. In deaths, oft. I've been in situations where I could have lost my life. Of the Jews, five times received I 40 stripes, save one. Thrice was I beaten with rods. Once I was stoned. Thrice I suffered shipwreck. And night and a day I have been in the deep, in journeying often in perils of waters, in perils of robbers, in perils by my own countrymen, in perils by the heathen, in perils in the city, in perils in the wilderness, in perils in the sea, in perils among false brethren, in weariness and in painfulness in watchings often in hunger and in thirst and in fastings often in cold and in nakedness now watch this besides do besides all those things <laughs> that were watch this without that which cometh upon me daily the care of all the churches Listen to what he's saying, hallelujah. He, he names a long list of all the things that he has had to dealt with, all the pressure he has had to deal with that came from where? From without, from the outside. And he said, on top of all that, the biggest thing, hallelujah, that's given me the most pressure is not even happening on the outside, it's happening on the inside. In other words, the Apostle Paul is letting us know, hallelujah, that inside pressure can be heavier than outside pressure. Oh, God help me in here. And so my message title, I'm giving it to you a little late. My message title for for you today is simply this. How's your head? How's your head? Because watch this now. My God, the, the worship team confirmed it for me. That's why I got a little excited when they started singing from the inside. Because the greatest pressure you will ever experience will happen from the inside. Oh, and what I want to submit to you is that if you can handle it from the inside, you can handle it from the outside. If you're in this place, shout glory. Hallelujah, Jesus. One of the first things I want to tell you today, and we could put it up on the screen, is simply this. Pressure is a revealer. I said, pressure is a revealer. And let me give you my first point. It's a sub-point to this point, hallelujah. And it basically says this, pressure reveals our character. I said, pressure reveals our character, hallelujah. Oh boy, have mercy in this place. Listen, in 2 Corinthians 4 and 8, you can tell I've been reading 2 Corinthians, right? Watch this, 2 Corinthians 4 and 8, Paul wrote, We are troubled on every side, yet not distressed. That word trouble means to be pressed hard on, to be pressed on very hard. Can I submit to you that pressure does not make the man? Let me help you in here. Pressure does not make the man, but pressure reveals the substance that is in the man. I said pressure doesn't make the individual, but pressure, watch this reveals exposes what really is in the individual what the individual is really made of will come out when pressure comes in yeah 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 it's like it's like that tea bag amen hallelujah you put it in enough hot water and what's inside will come out yeah sometimes it's dark stuff too that comes out are you hearing what i'm saying oh god have mercy in here hallelujah you have a man in the bible whose name is gideon who may have felt disadvantaged who may have felt hallelujah less adequate less than hallelujah he didn't have a good view of himself but pressure pressure hallelujah was going to reveal that inside of this man was a mighty man of valor He would not have known it without the pressure. Oh, God, help me in here. Hallelujah. There are some things, hallelujah, that are not revealed until pressure shows up. Are you in this place? King Saul, hallelujah, the Bible says, was head and shoulders above every man. But when he came up under some serious pressure, we found out that on the inside, he was really a little man. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Because pressure doesn't make the man. It exposes or reveals the substance that is inside of the man. I wonder what you are made of in this place. Hallelujah. Have you ever wondered? I read this today. I thought it was interesting. Have you ever wondered how fish, hallelujah, can function in depths of water where the pressure is immense, so immense that if a human tried to function in that deep of water, the human's body would explode. But yet the fish can handle and function in that kind of pressure because it has, oh God help me in here, hallelujah, an internal counter pressure that is equal to any external pressure. I said it has, watch this now, an an inner counter pressure that is equal to any external pressure that comes. It, It gives me new meaning, hallelujah, when I read Psalm 119 and verse 11 where David said, hallelujah, your word have I hid in my heart so that I may not sin Against you, In other words, what he's saying, hallelujah, is that I undergird myself and I reinforce myself within with the word so that when obstacles, troubles and challenges from without come, hallelujah, the challenges that come from without cannot match, hallelujah, the work of God happening within. And I can overcome every time, hallelujah, because I have an internal counter pressure that's working on my side. If you're in this place, shout glory. Glory. Hallelujah. Pressure reveals. I'm trying to go fast. Pressure reveals character. Pressure reveals, next point, our course. Some of you need to thank God for pressure. Because some of you were going in the wrong direction until pressure came. Oh, God, have mercy in here. Hallelujah. I can't help but to think about a woman in the Bible. Her name is Esther. Amen. Uh, The Bible refers to her. Her Hebrew name is Hadassah. I actually like that name. Hallelujah. I remember when our daughter was born, I told Sharice, Hadassah. She said, you crazy. She said, "She said that ain't happening. Hallelujah. And I tried. I tried. Hadassah. There was something about that name that I really liked. Amen. It's not common. Amen. Hallelujah. We ain't having no more kids. But, uh. Hadassah, Amen. And so, if you know the story of Esther, Esther uh, finds out that one of the men who the king has appointed, who the king actually leans on, is 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 conniving. He's going to try to kill the people of Israel. He's prepared gallows, and he's going to hang those people by the very gallows that he has prepared. And the king doesn't know it. And Esther finds out about this, Amen. And here's what you got to understand: she is struggling with uh, the challenge of having to go confront the king in front of this man. Are you hearing what I'm saying? And so watch this. It's, it's, it's a very challenging moment in her life and she receives pressure from her uncle. His name is Mordecai and Mordecai lets her know in not so many words, this is what you were born to do. This is what you've been called to do. He said, Esther, how do you not know that you have been called for a time such as this, hallelujah. And you need to go in there, hallelujah, for the preservation of your people. And it was that pressure that moved Esther to purpose. Yeah. Pressure will move you into purpose. Are you hearing what I'm saying? She got so encouraged by his pressure that she said, I'm gonna do it. And if I perish, I perish. I wonder if we got those kind of Christians still alive today. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Jonah is going in the wrong direction. And it's not, and I have to hurry, it's not until he finds himself in the belly of a big fish. And it's not until he finds himself in a really tight place. And in a really dark, uncomfortable place where he begins to feel immense pressure that he praise you see because pressure will make you pray anybody know what I'm talking about yeah 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 sometimes God has to send some pressure just so you pray because when things tend to be going very well we tend to kind of ease back on prayer are you hearing what I'm saying in this place hallelujah Jesus watch this and when he prays he gets launched into purpose amen somebody Uh, It was the pressure from a crowd. How many of you know that a crowd can pressure an individual? Oh, yes. I remember when I was young. Fight, 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 fight. Anyway. Don't leave me up here by myself. Hallelujah. The crowd pressures you. Your peers will pressure you. Even to do the wrong thing. It was pressure from the crowd that compelled Pilate. To set God's plan of redemption in motion. He didn't want to crucify Jesus. But the pressure, if you don't do it, you ain't no friend of Caesar's. The pressure from the crowd made him do something he didn't want to. And even though it was wrong, it was setting God's plan in motion. Because God's not limited in who he's going to use to get his plan accomplish pressure reveals our course next point pressure reveals our commitment that clock is moving so fast pressure reveals our commitment hallelujah show me second corinthians chapter 7 yeah i've been reading second corinthians second corinthians chapter 7 and verse five. Second corinthians chapter 7 and verse number 5 i didn't even get up to the good stuff yet and i'm praying that i will 7 5 for when we were come into macedonia our flesh listen to this had no rest but we were troubled on every side without were fightings within were fears ooh the pressure was coming from the outside and the pressure was coming from the inside anybody in here can relate hallelujah jesus Who can excel under this kind of pressure? I'll tell you who can. The person, hallelujah, whose mind is already made up before they take the journey. It's the person, hallelujah, who like Job, after he loses everything and his own wife challenges him to curse God and die. He does not. And the Bible says that he retains his integrity no matter what he retains his integrity that is an individual hallelujah who has made up their mind before they even go on the journey martin luther king jr put it like this the ultimate measure of a man is not where he stands in moments of comfort and convenience but where he stands at times of challenge and controversy Ooh, you see because a decisive heart Will always break the bridges, hallelujah, so that he'll never retreat. You got to know how to break bridges so that you make sure once you make the decision, you can't go back. Uh, If if Elisha was here, he'll tell you, you need to break your plow. You see, because when the man of God, Elijah, called Elisha and he touched him with his anointing and his mantle, the Bible says that Elisha started walking behind them because that's what an anointing will do you get touched by the anointing hallelujah it'll make you leave where you were and so watch this he's following the man of God and then he gets to the man of God and he does something interesting he says wait right here for me (laughs) I'm gonna go kiss my mother and my father goodbye and then I'm gonna come after you so he runs away and the man of God Elijah gets upset he's like God why'd you send me to this little boy that little boy. He wants to go home and kiss his mama and his father. What are you doing? Why are you leave him? The man is thinking, Why did you call me to get this young boy? What are you doing to this young boy? And so he kisses his mother and his father. And you got to understand that the the reason he's kissing them is because he's already got a re- made up mind. He's kissing them because he knows that after today, he may never see them again. So he said, I'm going to say goodbye because I know that after today, hallelujah, I may not be back this way. And if that's not enough, listen to what he does. He goes back to the plow. When the man of God found him, he was at the plow. And he was plowing with 12 yoke of oxen and he was the 12th. He was last. Have you ever felt last? He was last in line. So watch this. He goes back to the plow. Now, if I'm the man of God, if if I'm Elijah, I'm thinking, what in the world is this guy doing? You just kiss your mother and your father, and now you're going back to what you were doing before. If I was him, I would have been like, I'm out of here. This is too much, God. Leave this kid here. And so watch this. He goes back to the plow, and it looks like he's just going to go back to doing what he always did. But then he takes the plow. Read your Bible. And he breaks it. Breaks the plow, pulls out a sword, kills the ox, burns the ox, hallelujah, and then gives the ox to the other 11 men, hallelujah, as to say, if y'all want to stay here doing the same thing for the rest of your life, you go right ahead, hallelujah. But today is my coming out party, hallelujah, and once I go forward, I am not looking back. Mama, my, my, I can't come back even if I want to I made sure of it. I broke that bridge Do I got some people like that in here There ain't no going back Back to what? It's why Jesus comes up to a man. Hallelujah who had been laying in a mat for years upon years and he said take your mat And walk. In other words, hallelujah, make no provision for that thing to ever carry you again. From now on, you carry it. It doesn't carry you. Are you blessed in here? Hallelujah, Jesus. When a mother is giving birth to a baby. The pressure brings excruciating pain. But what enables the mother To handle the effects of the pressure is that her heart is fixed on the outcome that that pressure is going to produce. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Because this leads to my next point. Pressure is not just a revealer. Pressure is a producer. Pressure... Is a producer. One of the first things I want to tell you that pressure produces is hope. Show me 2nd Thessalonians chapter 1 and verse 3. 2nd Thessalonians chapter 1 and verse 3. You guys doing all right? Pressure is a producer. Listen to what it says. We are bound to thank God always for you, brethren, as it is meat. Because that your faith groweth exceedingly and the charity of every one of you all toward each other aboundeth. You're increasing in faith and in love. Isn't that powerful? Watch this. So that we ourselves glory in you in the churches of God for your patience and faith in all your persecutions and tribulations that ye endure you are growing in faith and in love and it's happening watch this not when everything is well but while you're going through trials and tribulation and you endure it it's gotten our attention show me the next verse Was that it? Which is a manifest token of the righteous judgment of God. That ye may be counted worthy of the kingdom of God. Oh God. For which you also suffer. Next verse. Seeing it is a righteous thing with God to recompense tribulation to them that trouble you. Oh that's hope. In other words watch this hallelujah. Going through according to the kingdom is what causes me to go to grow in faith grow in love be counted worthy of the kingdom of god and causes god to recompense those who cause me trouble and so watch this it matters hanging in there these kind of scriptures give us hope you know i was reading an article hallelujah about uh these fishermen who were having problems years ago uh they were trying to catch codfish and here's what it says uh they were caught in the northeast and if the fish were shipped frozen hallelujah by the time they got to their destination they had lost most of their flavor so that was not good so they could not freeze them so then the next thing that they did was that they shipped them alive with each other hallelujah uh but when they got over there uh I guess it was because of the heat Uh, they got there very uh mushy that's what it says very soft and very mushy and had lost almost all of their flavor and so they realized we can't ship them alive we can't ship them frozen they didn't know what in the world to do so they tried various things until they came up with something that actually worked and so what they did hallelujah is that they put catfish in the tank with the codfish And what you need to understand is that catfish is the natural enemy of the codfish. And so they hated each other. And so watch this, the whole journey, all they did was run away from each other and fight each other. And so watch this, when they got there, they actually got there fresh. Because of the trouble. Are you hearing what I'm saying in here? So you have to understand that pressure produces freshness. In other words, pressure will cause you to continually be usable. Mm. Flavorful. Like the salt of the earth you're supposed to be. Are you hearing what I'm saying in this place? Oh, God, have mercy in this place. Listen, ladies, anybody use a a pressure cooker? Anybody in here ever, ever used a pressure cooker? Hallelujah. Here's what I found out. This was interesting, saints. Watch this. Did you know that it takes longer to cook food at high altitudes? Because at the high altitude, the pressure is lower than it is to cook food in low plains and when you cook food in low plains the pressure is stronger and because the pressure is stronger it cooks faster I said it cooks faster God help me in this place put my next point up there you guys are like way behind we talked about hope go to the next one hallelujah we talked about freshness it's the next one Pressure produces progression. Not just, listen to me, not just progression, accelerated progression. Pressure does. Watch this, hallelujah. I just told you that if you're at a higher place, it'll cause you to, it'll take longer for you to cook something because the higher you go, the less the pressure. But the lower you go, the stronger the pressure, therefore the faster you can cook something. God, help me in here. The thing I love about a, 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 a uh, c- pressure cooker is that, hallelujah, it is an uh, closed system. It's a closed system. And so watch this. Uh, the pressure is built up by the liquid that begins to boil within. Are you hearing what I'm saying? and a pressure cooker hallelujah can cook food much faster because it it is airtight and so because no air is escaping it can allow you to cook stuff at a very rapid pace here's what you got to understand hallelujah if you're feeling the heat hallelujah it's because god is trying to get you there faster If you wanna go the easy route with less pressure, it'll take you longer to get there. But if you don't mind God putting you in a low place and you having to deal with a little bit of heat, know that God will get you there much faster, the heavier the pressure. And so if you're in this place under my voice and you're experiencing a lot of pressure from every side, I came to tell you, God is gonna get you there faster. God, help me in here. I wonder if I got anybody in here that says, that's my word right there, Pastor. Hallelujah. I mentioned a moment ago, hallelujah, that pressure uh, produces freshness, right? Let me, go back that to, let me go back to that for a second. One of the things that's great about cooking uh, with a pressure cooker is simply this, that because it's airtight, that because it's a closed system, most of the vitamins and the minerals inside of the vegetables and the things that are cooked inside of it do not leave they stay in it are you hearing what i'm saying and so pressure produces freshness it produces progression it'll get you there faster Ooh, god have mercy in this place i got nine minutes somebody shout you can do it amen hallelujah Can I say something in this place? People who you see performing at their best are people who are being pressured the most. I'm going to say that one more time. When you see people performing at their best, understand that those are people who are being pressured the most. Here's the thing you have to understand about pressure. Pressure builds in silence. I said pressure builds in silence. Just because a person ain't saying nothing does not mean that person is okay. Oh, I ain't nobody want to be real today. Oh, I said just because that person ain't saying nothing does not mean that that person is okay. Are you hearing what I'm saying? You know, one of the things that scares me today is that, especially in Christendom, Christians, I believe, have extra pressure. Do you know that the term "how are you" is no longer a question for us; it's just a greeting. How are you? For Christians, is not a question; it's a greeting. You came in here today. Somebody said, "How are you?" But here's the thing, Hallelujah! They didn't wait around for a response. Oh, y'all not saying nothing in here? You, you, it's a, because it's not a question; it's a greeting. How are you? You see, if, if 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 you want to test to see if they really wanted to know how you are, start telling them. Start telling them at that moment, and you're gonna see how fast they're gonna try to, they're gonna try to. <laughs> They're going to try to evade, hallelujah, the actual question and the pressure. And because of that, we have built uh, even extra pressure upon ourselves because uh, as Christians, we feel like we are obligated to show everybody that we're all right, that we're okay. Because we think that we're doing God a disservice if we tell somebody that we're going through. Oh, y'all not saying nothing, hallelujah. And so here's what we do. In order to make God look good, we'll lie to people. I'm blessed and highly favored. No, you ain't. You're going through right now. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Here's something that you may not know, hallelujah. The more blessed a person is, the more burdened That individual becomes the more blessed an individual is the more burdened the more burdened because as God gives you more more is required that's just in case you needed the Bible are you hearing what I'm saying in this place and so watch this with God giving you more you become burdened with more responsibility Are you following what I'm saying? And oftentimes what ends up happening, hallelujah, is that we'll look at a person and we'll hate on them. Yeah. Because they're blessed, hallelujah. But you don't know the burden that it costs for you to be that person. Are you following what I'm saying? If I had to give you a Bible, I would tell you, you don't know the cost of the oil in my alabaster box. You, you, you don't know. See, you see the blessing. You don't see the burden. Mm. Yeah, 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 yeah. You, 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 listen, as it pertains to the oil on my life, you smell the fragrance. But you don't experience my fight. Are you in this place, church? Oh, Oh, I better land this plane. Hallelujah. I found out that the enemy cannot really keep you from being blessed. I said he can't keep you from being blessed. But he can keep you from feeling blessed. Oh, you're not saying nothing. Keep you from feeling blessed to the point, hallelujah, where you are blessed and you don't even know it. Because something else is taken up all the time in your mind. Let me ask you the question again so you know I'm not lost. How's your head? How is your head? You can't go fight without a weapon. You need a weapon if you're gonna fight. Uh, David doesn't confront Goliath without at least getting something in his hand that he can work with. You need a weapon. Are you hearing what I'm saying in this place? Here's the thing the Bible says that the weapons of our warfare are not carnal. You can't fight spirits with bats. Are you hearing what I'm saying? They're not carnal, but they are mighty through God. Watch this now. For the pulling down of strongholds. Stronghold. Let me give you an easy definition of a stronghold. Anything that has a hold on you. uh, Let me put it another way. Not just a hold, a stronghold. Anything that has a stronghold on you is a stronghold. And can I submit to you that strongholds are all in your head. I said they are all in your head. Let me give it to When you read that scripture, the weapons of our warfare are not carnal but mighty through God for the pulling down of strongholds. Watch this. And the casting down of, somebody help me in here. Imaginations. Imaginations. Where we get the word Imagine. Where we also get the word image. Image. Because a lot of us are living with a lot of images. Watch this. And a lot of those images are not even true. I said a lot of those images are not even true. Are you hearing what I'm saying in this place? Yeah, 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 yeah images hallelujah uh, we're living we're living over here and you're living over there let me put it to you the way I feel it we're living over here in this nation and you're living in a whole other place called the imagine nation <laughs> you're living in a whole different place and a lot of those images are not even real. Are you hearing what I'm saying? So watch this. The enemy doesn't even have to send you affliction. He just sends you an image and lets the image afflict you. I said he sends you an image and he lets the image afflict you. Oh God, have mercy in this place. Hallelujah. An image. Um, here, let, me, let me show you how he does it. So he'll come up to you, especially if you ain't got your helmet of salvation on, and he'll go. He's going to leave you. And boom, you get an image. And now that image begins to dominate your mind. And you know you're in trouble, hallelujah, if the image is dominating your worship. And so you come in here, and it's not that you don't shout. And sing and dance when you're in here. But you're only in here for a little while. And so if you come in here on a Wednesday night. And you shouted during worship for a half an hour. And then maybe you threw up a couple of hallelujahs. And praised the Lord during the word. But then for the rest of the week. That image dominated. You're in trouble. That is a stronghold. And the enemy is. He doesn't even have to afflict you. He gives you images. And the images afflict you. You're going to die of breast cancer. Poof. And then you can't shake it. God help me. In this place. Hallelujah. Watch this. And you can have blessed things. You can have a nice house. You can have wonderful kids. Uh, A wonderful spouse. Hallelujah. But it's like you're oblivious to how good you got it. Because you can't shake the images of where you've been living. And so the Bible's challenge, watch this now. God, help me in here. The Bible's challenge is you have to what? Arrest those thoughts. The Bible says, watch this, take every thought, not some of them, take every thought captive for the thought you don't take captive will take you captive. Take every thought captive. In other words, arrest those thoughts and put them in Jesus' jailhouse. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. Take them, watch this, the Bible says, into the captivity of Christ. But watch this. Can I help you in here? Because I've read this text a lot of times, hallelujah. And this just stood out this time. Um, Just because it's in prison does not mean it's dead. Notice what it says. It didn't say kill those thoughts. It says arrest those thoughts and take those thoughts captive. Just because you put it away does not mean it's dead. God help me in here. But what the text is trying to teach us is, hallelujah, that even though you can't kill the thought, I wish I had real people in here, you should be able to control the thought. Yeah. Be- listen to me, because if it's arre- when somebody is arrested, they're still alive, but they're not in control. And so when he says arrest those thoughts, hallelujah, he's saying even though you can't kill them, You can control them so that they can kill you. So some of you are tribulating because you keep having this thought. Or the thought seems to never disappear. But let me help you in here. Hallelujah. It didn't say you have to kill them. I don't know that you could kill them. But you do have to take them captive. Control your thought life and separate it from your spirit life. Because your thoughts happen in your soul. Are you, oh boy, have mercy in this place, hallelujah. So you know what I like about that text? That text tells me that I can make a bad thought obey. I said that text tells me, you see, because the text takes, take it into the captivity of Christ, ultimately into the obedience of Christ. So you have the power to make your thoughts obey control them to the point where they obey oh my god can I I got oh I'm done watch this can I can I speak from from the well can I speak from experience for a moment hallelujah I've done my share of counseling I've done I have done a lot of especially marriage counseling I've done my share of counseling here's what I learned you can't counsel imagination You you, you can't counsel imagination because imaginations are unreasonable. I said they're unreasonable. Oh, God, help me. Images that become strongholds are mindsets. You can't counsel them. God, help me in this place. Hallelujah. Watch this. You You could be jealous. Watch this. You could be jealous of another person. Watch this. And it not, it not even be because of what the person has or how good the person is doing, but because of a very poor view you have of yourself. That is an image. Can I help you in here? You can't counsel that. That has to be cast down. I said that has to be cast down. If you're blessed in this place, shout glory. Hallelujah. So understand, please don't misunderstand me. I'm not against counseling. I'm not against counseling. I'm against counseling yourself. It's going to hit somebody in the parking lot. It's it's when you're too smart to listen to anybody and you only listen to yourself. So even when you, even if you come to the meeting, You're so busy talking to yourself without your lips moving. I could tell. I've been doing it too long. I could tell you not even listening. You're just thinking about what you're going to say next. Because you're too smart to have anybody else tell you what to do. And so you keep talking to yourself. But yourself... Is the one that's going crazy. This is usually the individual who says, I don't need no counseling. Watch this, because they're their own counselor. Uh, they are a medicator. They are the I call them the medicators. They medicate themselves. Um, they're their own doctors. You came in here tonight wearing your own Tetoscope. You've been your own doctor for a long time, talking to yourself, talking to yourself, talking to yourself. Hallelujah. And you're talking to yourself, but you're going to bed confused. Talking about, I don't need no counseling, but there are issues that are apparent. I don't want nobody to talk to me because I talk to me. Let me know how that works out for you. It don't fix the problem. Are you hearing what I'm saying? And who can live with you? I got to get off that. Who can live with you? Nobody. You want to know why? Because you haven't been home. (laughs) You haven't been home for years. You don't hear what I'm saying. Because we're living in this nation. And you're living in Imagine. You're living in that other place really far away. Hallelujah. And even though you're in the house, hallelujah, you're you're like a headless person in the house. Your body's there, but your emotions are not in there. You checked out a long time ago. Your head's not there. Hallelujah. Let me close. I have to close. The apostle Paul was a strong man of God. We know this, right? I didn't even get to the meat yet, but the apostle Paul was a strong man of God. Amen, somebody? I mean, we read a little while ago all the things that the Apostle Paul went through, and we know, we know, hallelujah, how strong this man of God really is. Amen, somebody. This is why I don't like when people try to get too spiritual or super spiritual, like nothing bothers them. I tell you, that turns me off so fast. When people try to impress you with their spirituality like they never had a bad day. Meanwhile, can I help you in here? You became spiritual by reading the word. And now the guy who wrote most of the word of the New Testament is being transparent. And you know what he's saying? The pressure I went through in Asia almost killed me. You're going to sit there and act like nothing bothers you. And the apostle Paul said, I went through pressure that almost took me out. Amen, somebody. He said, "I was pressed beyond beyond measure." Oh, God, help me in here. In other words, I tipped the scale. Amen. Some of us are praying this prayer. God, perhaps you're a young couple. God give us kids. Can I help you in here? Do you know what kids bring? They bring pressure. God, I'm ready for that promotion. You know what that promotion is going to bring? It's going to bring pressure. God, I need a wife. God, I need a husband. The biological clock is ticking. I'm 30, and eight. Hey, I ain't getting any younger. Do you know what a husband's going to bring? <laughs> <laughs> ah. Headaches consist of pressure. In the the head, hallelujah. Amen, somebody. (laughs) Listen, this is what you don't know about the text. Let me give you the crux of the text. What you don't know about the text is that the, the, the people of Corinth are upset at the apostle Paul because he's not coming. The reason he's writing them a letter is because he's not coming. And they are upset that he's not coming. But you have to understand that he is also human. You know what the apostle is saying? I'm not coming. You want to know why I'm not coming? Because I'm going through right now. I'm going through and I can't be everybody's superman. I wish I could be there. I cannot be there. I'm going through something very serious in my life right now. And I I had to gather enough strength just to write you. But I cannot come because I am going through. And this thing that I went through in Asia is so heavy, it has me despairing of life itself. Listen, despairing of life over something I could have left. Oh, boy because watch this he said it happened in Asia you got to observe the text so I'm despairing of life itself my whole life because of something that's happening in one area that I could have left now we don't know the apostle Paul's reasoning or sense of obligation for not being able to leave that place but he's saying I couldn't let it go And it was killing me. I couldn't let it go. And it was killing me. Whatever it was that he couldn't let go. It could have been the responsibility of the gospel. But just like Jesus said on an earlier occasion, listen, take your peace back, wipe the bottom of your feet and get out of there. But something could not let him let it go. And his inability to let it go was actually killing him. Ooh, have mercy in this place, hallelujah. Oftentimes we we divorce the mind from the body. I don't know why it is that we do this, but we divorce the mind from the body. Have you ever noticed that, most people anyway, when something is wrong in any other area of their body, they treat it. But when something is wrong in the mind, I'm not even talking about a headache, I'm talking about the mind. When something is wrong in the mind, they bear that alone. They bear it alone and and they call it faith. And so they'll come to church and shout and jump and dance. But the Bible says, can I mess you up before we leave? It is with the mind that we serve the Lord. It is with the mind that we serve the Lord, not with our hands, not with our feet. We'll praise him with those but we serve him with our mind yet any other area of our body is affected we treat it our mind is tripping and we try to shout it out are you in this place church hallelujah but not not to, listen when i broke my leg hallelujah i wasn't trying to run up over here talking about I'm gonna dance it off. <laughs> I had stitches and I said, When it heals, I'll dance. Now that could have happened speedily, that could have took a little while. Either way, I said, When it heals, I'll dance. But with our mind, we just try to dance it off. And I wish I had some honest people in here. You need healing. Hallelujah. When problems in one area make you hate your whole life, you are pressed beyond measure. When problems in one area make you hate your whole life, cause you to despair of life itself, you are pressed beyond measure. There are some people, hallelujah, you could have said hi to today and you didn't know it, but they were being tortured right in front of you. They're being tortured in their mind. And you can't tell because we have, we have become professional Christian camouflagers. We know how to come in here and have church. And we know how to act like everything is okay. Oh my God. Do you know how much courage it took the Apostle Paul to be able to stand up and say, you know what? This is what I'm going through right now. This is the Apostle Paul. The one who set bishops in churches, who started so many churches, gets up and says, I ain't going to that church because I'm going through right now. Even Jesus, even Jesus goes to a place called Gethsemane, I'm finishing, goes to a place called Gethsemane. And this is pretty amazing to me because he calls three guys. Three guys. He didn't call all of them. He called three of them. Now this is what you have to understand. These are the three that Jesus took places. He didn't take the others. When we're talking about Mount Transfiguration, those were the three that went. The others didn't go. Are you understanding? They were part of Jesus' inner circle. Are you hearing me? I took these guys to places. I didn't take the others. These are my ride or die. These... These are, my, these are them. And so for three and a half years, I have been there for you. Now I'm going to Gethsemane. I'm undergoing the greatest pressure of my life here on the earth. And I need you. I need you three to stay with me. And pray with me. And they... Fell asleep. Isn't it amazing? How when you need people the most. It's when you're going through the toughest time in your life. That people fall asleep on you. God help me in this place. And you know the thing that gets me about the text. Is that they're, as long as they were seeing his divinity. They were awake. The minute they see his humanity. They fall asleep. And so it is with people. As long as you're walking on water. As long as you're healing the blind and the lepers. As long as you're rebuking all the devils. Everybody's awake. But let them see you. Buckle under the pressure. Let them see that you're not anointed 24 hours a day. Let them see. That you're wondering whether you can do what God is calling you to do. Jesus was feeling so much pressure that he said, God, if there be another way, this is hard. He sweat drops of blood, the Bible says. That's pressure. And he came back to them three times, Stay with me. And three times they fell asleep. And three times he goes back to pray. If Jesus has to go back to pray three times, you are never going to overcome pressure without prayer. I'm going to stop right there. Hallelujah. You are never going to overcome pressure without